Why are we not asking the question of motive? Welcome to the Baptist Broadcast. Thank you for tuning in. If indeed you are tuning in, either to the video component or to the podcast that you can find on Spotify, iTunes, and several other platforms out there. Anyway, it is a hot, humid day here in Missouri, and um, I am feeling it even in my house. We've got the AC pumping. But uh, when it's this humid, uh, you can still feel it. You know, that humidity makes its way inside. Even if you've got a dehumidifier and all that on your AC, it doesn't matter. So, anyway, uh, the I, I wrote a, a blog article recently. And um, I, I can't really monitor how much uh, exposure it's actually getting. I, I don't really know how much exposure I get at all on Facebook these days. You know, they censor your content so badly whenever you write something that contradicts their algorithm that I'm really not sure how much of my content actually gets out. So, um, uh, I, you know, I, I see a few people, a few people like the posts and, and things like that. And, and so I assume that it, it gets out to some people, but I, I really don't know how like widely spread or disseminated it gets used to. Uh, I, I, I could, I could, I, I could have a pretty decent reach on a good day, you know, assuming it wasn't like a Friday or Saturday where, uh, you know, which is like government data drop day because nobody checks their, their internet on those days anyway. And if they do, they're not in it to watch a 20 minute long video. So, um, used to, you could have decent, uh, decent exposure and you could talk about controversial things, um, controversial in our world at least, and, um, and still maintain a pretty decent, uh, level ex of exposure, but that, that doesn't seem to be the case now. And, um, and so, you know, here we are. Anyway, um, the article that I, that I wrote, uh, yesterday, I published it yesterday and I, and I actually shared it, um, this morning, um, has everything to do with applying the legal concept of motive to our government. And this is something that boggles my mind. I've been asking myself this question for, um, you know, uh, a decent amount of time now. I'd say for at least the last year since this has been really going on hot and heavy. I've been asking myself the question, you know, looking around and seeing how trusting everyone is of the government. There's just this, like, bad feeling in the back of your mind that's like, these people shouldn't be trusted, right? And, and so you already have this intuition, which isn't always accurate, right? So so then my question developed into, uh, you know, well, why shouldn't we trust the government? Um, and and that, you know, morphed into the consideration of this motive thing. And, and what I mean when I say motive, I mean like the legal concept of motive, the thing that they would use in a criminal investigation, the thing that they would use in a uh, a, a a hunt for a murderer, uh, you know, and and you know, I start I start the article off talking about that, drawing the illusion out, right? Which is, you know, the police have just found a body, and the first question is, okay, what's the cause of death? 
If natural, really, the police don't have anything else to do but besides file a report, perhaps. Um, it, but if it they determine that it's actual crime scene, that you know something has gone down there, that it's not natural death, that it was caused by someone, uh, by a person, um, then an investigation ensues, and the first question they ask is, well, who did it, right? And and in determining the question who did it, you you look for motive, right? Why wouldn't this apply in other situations, right? Um, so, I mean, it, it does apply in, in a great number of different situations. It applies in parenting, really. If you think about it, uh, you have if you have multiple kids and someone has drawn on the wall with crayons, or let's actually, here's a better example. I always use the draw on the wall with crayons. Better example is the popsicles in the fridge have gone missing that you knew were there. Uh, in the freezer that you knew were there, right? Um, now, there's all sorts of motives when you're thinking about little kids. What is the motive behind taking those popsicles? Well, it would be a sweet tooth or something like that or, or, or a love for popsicles. Well, say you have four kids and you know three of them don't like popsicles at all, but one of them actually really loves popsicles. There's your motive. So there's one kid in your family whom you know has a motive, namely a love for popsicles, a love for sweets, and you're going to investigate him or her first, right? You're not going to go to the ones who hate popsicles first. You're going to go to the one who loves popsicles, whom you know loves popsicles. You're going to go to them first and and start your investigation there so that you can determine, you know, who gets the discipline, right? Um, so th this whole motive thing, it doesn't just apply in a uh, jurisprudent sense. It doesn't just apply on the ground with police and investigators, detectives, etc. It doesn't just apply in movies. Um, so it applies across, I think it applies across the board. Anytime you're trying to figure out the culprit, um, you ask the question of motive. Anytime actually you're trying to discern why someone would do something, you ask the question of motive. Why would my wife do this or that? You know, uh, my wife comes home from the store and she leaves the chicken out and doesn't put it in the freezer. And I ask, why would she do that? And if I think hard enough, I'll probably come to the conclusion that she's fixing to use that chicken in dinner. She's thawing it out so she can cook it. So she didn't put it in the freezer. All right. So, you know, we, 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 we ask the question of motive all the time. It happens in daily life. It happens at, in the corporate world. It happens, you know, at your workplace. It happens... Uh, within your family, it happens all the time. When you have a government rapid fire, not only guidance, but mandates, and then urges private corporations to mandate what they want them to mandate, why do so many Americans, they're able to sit and watch forensic files and apply motive while they watch their show about murder. But the same people are like, sure, I trust everything that the government says. The government's been telling me to get my vaccine, so I went and got my vaccine. And you know what? Now it's FDA approved, so therefore everyone else should get it too. Because the government approved its own government-funded vaccine. Um, why aren't we asking the question of motive? What is the motive behind all of this? Or do we just assume innocence? You know, it, it's, 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 it's 
millennia-old wisdom that central authorities, and Aristotle pointed this out with regard to the, to the, to the monarchy, central authorities always try to preserve themselves and they always try to improve themselves or benefit themselves. So you know you have self-preservation, but you also have, you know, uh, self-improvement of that central authority. That's the there's always a motive there for for central authorities to preserve themselves because there's there's so much to live for and they have so much to lose out on. So they're always wanting to to preserve themselves. And and it works out in a lot of cases them wanting to preserve themselves, especially in a monarchy where, you know, the, 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 the cornerstone of the stability of the empire rests on the monarch and the integrity of the monarch, right? So it, it, there's sort of a symbiotic relationship between the monarch getting what they want and the stability of the country and the economy and the society, uh, all the way down to the stability of the family unit, really depending on the decision-making, uh, skills of that monarch and the sobriety of their minds. Um, and, but this works, this can apply across the board to any centralized authority that benefits from their authority, which is every centralized authority, right? There's, there's, they all benefit from it, all right? There's not a central authority that doesn't benefit from their authority. It's a, it, that would be like a, a contradiction in terms to say that there's a centralized authority that is totally disinterested in itself. Otherwise, it wouldn't be central. It wouldn't accrue anything to itself. It would be totally distributed to other potential powers that be, the people um, or, or whatever, right? So there is self-preservation inherent in the concept of central government. So if that's the case, why is our default position with regard to the government one of acceptance and trust? I don't, I don't understand that. And then you're labeled a conspiracy theorist if you don't trust the government. We're talking about a long history of the corruption and perversity of the central authority in this nation, namely the federal government. Um, and going all the way back to the 1860s where it became really obvious, um, but really going back before that to the 1830s and, and Jacksonian principles and, and uh, the idea that nullification is like a bad thing and all of this, you know, there, there has been a, uh, a, 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 a pedigree of corruption in our centralized authority going all the way back to just the, the, to the dawn of our country, to the dawn of our republic. And you've got you've to wonder how has that corruption grown and matured and metastasized over the many, many years? Um, it's had to have. It would be totally irrational to think that it has not. Question is how how has that happened? I think you see clearly how that's happened. Um, you know, uh, you have JFK in a hot dispute with uh, centralized authority, leveraging their power by way of uh, paramilitary um, intelligence agencies. Uh, that was going on back then. You had a lot of whispers that the assassination of JFK was a government setup plot. Um, and I don't think all of those, you know, uh, articles of speculation are without merit. Um, there, there are all sorts of things that have gone on in this country that have, that, that boiled down to, to, to government, 
specifically the federal government, that no one, that like half the country or over half the country is failing to take into consideration right now. And we've been so acclimated to, you know, the, 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 the friendly atmosphere, the medical industry. Uh, we've been so numb to the potential ways in which the government can actually leverage the medical industry against the American people which is what I believe is happening right now. And and every time there is some centralized authority that wants to execute a power grab, the number one go-to is crisis, fear, um, and at least since the 1930s, medical fear. Hitler was doing a lot of what he did on the basis of science. And it was the medical and the legal elite that had argued for and virtually sanctioned the Acteon T4 project in 1939, where Germany was eradicating its own population of invalids. These weren't Jews. These were just Germans who were not able to talk. They perhaps thought more slowly than others. Uh, they m might not have been able to walk. Maybe they were uh, at Tresemme 21. They w were mentally handicapped. Um, and they were loaded up on buses and taken to gas chambers. This was like the testing ground for, for the gas chambers that would be used at the Holocaust. And, it's, and, it's, and all of that is being developed on the back of medical science. And yet, in this country, we see a global move over the last year and a half that is completely unprecedented, all being built upon the back of medical science. Lockdowns that make no statistical or scientific sense. Orders that infringe on liberty, but really don't infringe upon the spread of the virus at all. And we know that, but we keep ordering them, mandating them. And then now the virus, now the vaccine is going to be is going to be the main thing, and this is going to run out for months, if not years. Get your vaccine, get your vaccine, get your vaccine, and guess what? Get your booster, get your booster, get your booster. And and Joe Biden just released what was it day before yesterday his or maybe it was yesterday morning, his presser on the vaccine, and he's urging corporations to require their employees to get vaccinated in order to continue working there. This dude in the White House is messing with people's jobs. He's messing with people's livelihoods. Why? And for those of you who are sitting there thinking, he should be doing this. This is exactly what Biden needs to be doing. This is right on. Make these people get vaccinated. You are not considering motive. You're not even asking the question, why is the government moving like this? Why has the whole apparatus of world government moved like this? You're not asking the question of motive. You'll ask the question of motive when it comes to your kids, 
You'll ask the question of motive when it comes to watching forensic files. You'll ask the question of motive if you're a manager at your workplace and you have employees who are doing things against company policy, but you don't know who it is. So you ask the question of motive. You ask the question of motive in all of those contexts. You ask the question of motive so that you can serve yourself in the case that you've been wronged. Who did this to me? Why would they do this? But here you're willing to not only not ask the question of motive, but remain cognitively dissonant about what's going on, willfully so, and then subject 100 million people, almost 200 million people, to your ignorance, your willful ignorance, saying, yes, we should make them get vaccinated. And you're not even asking the question of motive and you're not asking the question of motive and you're, and you, you're, you are desiring the subjection of 200 million of your fellow Americans to this vaccine. And you haven't even asked the question of motive. I've seen things online, you know, people saying that we who, you know, refuse the vaccine should be, taken out of the equation by the virus. Hopefully we die. You know, I've seen that. I posted a, a screenshot. I blotted out the name and the picture um, of some woman who had commented on uh, uh, a, uh, a friend of mine's Facebook post saying I just, you know, couched it, of course, in virtuous language. I pray for them and I pray for this situation. But sometimes I just wish that, you know, the virus had just, they'd breathe on each other and their family and they'd, they'd just take them all out. So, like, genocide? I mean, you you want nature to basically eradicate us and, and you know, these people are scary. It's like scary stuff. And, um, and of course I'm not scared. Uh, you know, these, these people don't really bother me. Um, but the fact that you have people, the common people virtually mobilized against other common people who disagree with them on an ideological and religious level about the vaccine. And this one group of people is like suggesting their eradication, like the world would be better without them because they won't follow what the government says. And these people aren't even asking the question of motive because here's, here's the thing. If they did ask the question of motive, I promise you that they wouldn't be so confident because you ask the question of motive with regard to a husband with a wife who has a multi-million dollar insurance policy and now she's dead in a river somewhere and the motive is is pretty black and white right oh the husband had everything to gain so we're going to investigate him first you know that's not a mystery when you apply that same standard that same principle of motive to the government you're looking at buku's more motive buku's more motive than the husband who has a wife with millions of dollars in life insurance policy money. And 
I'm talking trillions of dollars, generational legacy, all right, perks, kickbacks, reputation, political and otherwise, hiding dirt, a lot of dirt. These people have all the motive in the world to do what they're doing right now. There's another motive that nobody's talking about. We have to remember that Bill, Gra Bill Gates has been involved in this whole thing since the beginning. And um, nobody talks about the things that he said in the past in favor of population control. and th There's another motive. If you took this thing to a court of law somehow, you could take the whole thing and just drop it in the middle of a court of law. The judge asks a question of motive, and the attorneys try the the attorney accusing this this monstrous situation uh, of 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 murder um, says okay here's the motive what's the motive there's a rap sheet there's a list but one of those motives would be okay this this thing wants to eradicate the population of the world at least a, a sector of it for the sake of saving our globe. Um, how, you know, and, and this person happens to be directly involved in the funding for the vaccine and the campaign for the vaccine and the development of vaccines specifically for epidemics and pandemics. And nobody's, nobody think nobody cares. And that's not a conspiracy theory. And nobody, nobody, nobody is, 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 half the country is, seems to think there is no motive on the government's end to do what they're doing. As if there's no money changing hands between Washington and Pfizer, Moderna, Merck, and other companies. As if, as if that doesn't happen. And, and then even if it does, oh, but, you know, they still have our best interest at hand. Really? Because if what's happening right now is odd, and it is, and we ask the question, why are they doing it? Um, you come up with, with a lot of, of motives. Motives that satiate greed. Motives that satiate generational legacy. Personal wealth. All sorts of motives here. There's a lot of dogs in this fight. And nobody's asking the question of motive. And because nobody's asking the question of motive, there's no healthy skepticism of our government. And because there's no healthy skepticism of our government, we're not able to steward our government well. We're not able to steward our nation well. We're not able to steward the liberty well. And I'm talking about the liberty with which God created man. And so just poor stewardship across the board. We're not taking care of ourselves. We're missing the forest for the trees. We're looking at a, at a virus which has to run its course anyway. There's no statistical evidence that it, it, it has spread any less or slow, more slowly in areas with higher restrictions than in areas with lower restrictions. The virus has to spread. And the other thing is, is even if it didn't have to spread, even if lockdowns worked, Guess what? Liberty is not safe. And it's not free.
Just because we're scared doesn't mean we can vest a whole bunch of power in our elected officials, a whole bunch of power they should have never had. And now the gun grab thing is coming up next. I don't know if anyone saw uh, what Rand Paul has recently written. I uh, I caught a glimpse of 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 it, um, but I I'm not sure, you know, where to where to find it in terms of a link. Um, I think it's it says this. Rand Paul says, I write to you today with a dire warning. Congress may be on the verge of, a co- of compromising your gun rights away. And if gun rights supporters across America don't act immediately, the next gun grab could be right around the corner. A majority of the U.S. Senate currently supports gun control. Now Chuck Schumer is talking about using the same tactics they used to pass Obamacare. Remember when they bypassed the filibuster? And he says if that happens, gun control will be one of the first items on the radical agenda. There are people in this country that look at places like Chicago and think, yes, let's do it. And it's because of the cowardice, the fear, the inability to make distinctions, the inability to parse these issues carefully in, in, a, in, a, in a circumspect, ethical manner that these people sit in their living rooms watching CNN and think, yes, we need to confiscate everyone's guns. Guess what? They're poor, sloppy gross stewards. They're bad stewards of what the Lord has has given them to steward, namely their nation, their fellow neighbor. These people are messing it up. And the silent majority is allowing them to mess it up because they remain the silent majority. Nobody's saying anything. And as a result, our call as Christians to steward this great nation that the Lord has placed us in has our opportunity to steward has really shrunk more and more. And it's shrunk, you know, a massive amount just over the last year, year and a half. Our ability to be able to steward this nation well through lawful means has shrunk extremely over the last couple of years, but especially over the last year and a half because of the power grab. Uh, The government has used a real situation, as they always do. They always use a real situation. They've used a real situation, a real virus, um, a real medical, let's even go for it and say a real medical crisis. And they've used it as an opportunity to enlarge their political reach. And we've let them do it. And there are about half the, let's say a third of the country, wants to give them as much power as they want. It is unfathomable to me. This is the demographic of people who do not think multi-generationally. They think about the here and now. They think about their own lives right now. They're not thinking about the world. Their children, their children's children, their children's children's children are going to live in. That's because they are morally destitute individuals who have been hardened to such a point they've been perverted and and they are 
perverted to such a point that they cannot even discern natural law almost to any extent. Anyway, that's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with we're dealing with a group of people who who do not want to ask the question of motive. And we ourselves to some extent aren't even asking the question of motive because if we did ask the question of motive, I think we'd all be a little a little bit more concerned, a lot more concerned about what is going on right now. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope the Lord blesses you through this, and uh, I hope the Lord preserves you through the trials that are coming upon everyone in different forms and to one extent or another uh, because of what's going on in our country. Let's pray for our country. Let's pray for true, genuine gospel revival, uh, work of the Spirit. Let's pray that churches and pastors would be faithful to preach the gospel and continue preaching the gospel, that the elect would be drawn to God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit and the administration of the Word. So anyway, I'm going to leave that with you. Motive. Motive is very important. Motive is very important to apply in this situation, and it will reveal for you an unsavory truth, and that is that the government has every motive in the universe to do bad things. God bless.